0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au.
0: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005.
1: Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. 110 for two. Her bowls to Williamson, who's across the stump and flicks him through square leg. There is the winning run. New Zealand have thrashed India. Romping home to an eight-wicket victory. Chasing down... The 111 runs needed for victory, with plenty of runway left, crushing victory in India. Powell, oh, they're in a whole heap of trouble as New Zealand take the honours by eight wickets. They're in a whole heap of trouble, all right, no doubt about that. Um... That was uh, Daniel McCarty with his thoughts at the conclusion of that match live here on SENZ. Uh, the Black Caps are now in control of their own destiny. Uh, speaking of that, uh, in this uh, World Cup, after that eight wicket win, and uh, joining us now to analyse that fantastic one sided performance is Craig McMillan, former Black Cap, of course, and been involved around the Black Cap squad for quite some time. Uh, Macker, thanks for joining us this morning. Man, uh, that was uh, pretty conclusive, quite clinical, really.
0: Yeah, it was. Morning, Smitty. It was um, a very polished performance from New Zealand. Um, In a match that was effectively a sudden death quarter-final for both sides, but New Zealand showed um, more discipline and looked more desperate than what India did, which was surprising. But um, all in all, I just thought it was actually the performance, Smitty, I was expecting from New Zealand in the first match against Pakistan. And they weren't too far off from that performance, but they obviously took stock of what they needed to improve and what areas that they needed just to... Um, work on a little bit, and I thought it was, as you mentioned, a very clinical, all-round performance.
1: I look back on the, the way we're bowling to their top order. I go back to Manchester when uh, we knocked them over early with that conservative run chase they had there. Uh, I go to the World Test Championship, and we made early inroads uh, both times there, and now again, uh, we let them have it early on in the piece. We didn't open with Santner. We had a real crack at them. Uh, and we in, in the end, we, we lulled them in by by conservative bowling um, bowling in the right areas into mistakes which I wasn't quite expecting so is it our brilliant bowling or is, have they got a weakness of the big names?
0: Well I think India having a weakness against New Zealand don't they? Somebody, if you look at their record against us in World Cups over the last 25-30 years it's not good and this is one of the powerhouses of world cricket so there's obviously an issue there but I just thought it was the discipline and, and the bowling was excellent I like the fact that uh, we used Southie and Bolt for two overs each in that power play, um, just sent just the one. So they hit a little sniff. But the thing I liked was actually pre-match Smithy, the way that I think Trent Bolt talked about bowling to Rohit Sharma, talked about um, LBW in his front pad, because that's how Sharma got out against Pakistan. If you remember, the left-arm swing bowler Shaheen um, Afridi got him out LBW in that match. And Bolt talked about the same sort of thing. Remembering that Sharma and Bolt played together at the Mumbai Indians in the IPL and then first ball bowled, bowled to Sharma. It wasn't trying to get him out LBW on that front pad. It was a short, fast bouncer that was on the mark that he top edged itched mm. because he was a little bit late, not sure what was coming, and unfortunately it was dropped by Adam Milne at final league, but it didn't cost New Zealand too much. But it showed me that they'd done their homework, they were smart in their bowling plans, and they were really disciplined about how they went about it. There was only two wides in the New Zealand bowling lane, so it was an excellent performance.
1: And it was, and uh, I just wonder whether India, they promoted Kishan, normally Sharma would probably walk out first, um, but they, they promoted the left-hander, I, I wonder whether they were thinking we were still going to go with Santner and they could have a crack at, at with, with a left-hander.
0: Yeah, I think that could well have been the case, because um, New Zealand have used Mitchell Santner quite a lot, generally for two overs in that first six-over power play. Um, and I guess that's the great thing about Kane Williamson and his leadership is the ability to be flexible. So they made that adjustment. Um, it worked for New Zealand, it didn't work for India. I mean, Rohit Sharma is one of the world's best opening T20 batsmen, so you sort of question why you would move him out of that slot. But. Um, all in all, New Zealand just had too much. They were too clinical, they were too professional and they were just too good and all, all round and I thought the batting was also pretty impressive. The fielding, couple of catches went down but there was an intensity mm. to the New Zealand performance that wasn't there perhaps in that first game against Pakistan but now as you mentioned, their destiny is in their own hands. India don't have that luxury.
1: No they don't. They absolutely don't. They're relying on us slipping up or on Pakistan who are playing so well and I'm not sure that's going to happen so uh, they've got real issues uh, to th- sort through India, and and uh, I also like what I see from uh, East Sodhi. All of a sudden, he's he's got good control. He's getting people out. Uh, key wickets. You get uh, Sharma and Kohli on any any day, you're pretty happy. But that, that's what I'm, is impressing me. Uh, we've almost got a combination there between Sodhi and Santna which has been it's been promised to us for a long time.
0: It uh, has. Hey, so I've worked together for uh, for a number of years now, and. Uh, I think in terms of T20 spinners around the world, those two are right up there. You've got Mitchell Santner, who um, is hard to get away, um, doesn't concede many runs, um, and then you've got the leg spinner, who's your attacking weapon, who, as you mentioned, he's the guy to pick up two or three wickets, and if he can do that, and sometimes Mitchell Santner does that as well, in the right conditions, he can pick up two or three as well, but it's so crucial in T20 cricket that you're picking up wickets between over 7 to 15. If you do that, then generally the batting side aren't getting any partnerships, have no momentum, and we saw that last night. So their eight over spell between those two, I thought was very influential and crucial to New Zealand's success.
1: Well, we were calling on this uh, station, we were thinking about why not Conway at the top of the order, let your your best batsman bat at the top of the order. Uh, And so they persevered with Darryl Mitchell, and and again, Mitchell was very, very impressive. Admittedly, in a short run, chase, and you have a bit of a licence there, uh, but he came off.
0: He did. I'm a big fan of Gerald Mitchell Smitty. I think he's just a very, very talented and good cricketer who, um, when he plays on your side, makes your side better. He's one of those guys with a competitive edge. I have to admit, I was surprised as well that he was put to the top because we hadn't seen that from New Zealand leading up to the tournament. And Conway, Conway did so well for New Zealand at the top of the order. The only thing I can think of, perhaps, is that they thought that spin's going to play a big factor on these pitches um, in the UAE because they've been used so much they really have been thrashed, so spinners through that middle period are going to play a big part, and they thought that Conway, probably alongside Williamson, are our two best players of spin, and having that left and right hand combination against spin is going to be crucial through the middle, so they made that adjustment, I mean Mitchell's a power hitter, he's he's a strong lad who hits down the ground well, um, plays spin well when he first came to New Zealand, he came from Perth, from WA, so he played all the back foot shots and played fast bowling well, but couldn't play spin well but he's really evolved his game and now I think he's a crucial member in the side. The other factor too Smithy that New Zealand used five frontline bowlers. Quite often we mm. tweaked two or three part timers. They still had James Neeshan, Daryl Mitchell and also Glenn Phillips to bowl if they needed some more overs. So to me it looked a pretty balanced New Zealand lineup. A um, bit tough for Tim Seifert but it looked a good lineup that did the job.
1: What do you make of um, what will be going on in the Indian dressing room? You've been around Indian players, Indian franchises, etc. What do you think um, will be happening there? I mean, they've got a dressing room that's uh, got Ravi Shastri in there, powerful figure, Virat Kohli, powerful figure, and all of a sudden they throw MS Dhoni in there as a mentor. So what's happening there? (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one. The dynamic of that um changing room would be fascinating to be a part of and, and see how it functions, um, because very strong personalities. Um, they'll be disappointed. I mean, there's huge expectations on India as we know, whenever they go to a tournament and they haven't delivered at World Cup since twenty fifteen, no, twenty eleven back home. So it's been a while um between drinks for India at World Cup, so they really have struggled and generally New Zealand has been who have knocked them out of the World Cup so they've got close, but I think they've got the players, we saw at the IPL they they had the perfect run into this T20 World Cup in terms of the IPL and playing a lot of T20 cricket but they just haven't quite got things right, they've had a couple of inju- injuries I think Hardik Pandya, who actually bowled last night for the first time for a while he's a key member of their side in terms of the balance and he hasn't been able to really function because of injury for a while and I think when they miss him it has a real effect on that side so They've got quite a few things to think about, but obviously Rohit Sharma and Virat Kohli are the two keys in terms of the batting in that Indian side. And if you knock either one of those two players over without them getting 50 or 60, then you're a good chance to win.
1: So what we do now, Um, you know, it's a very quick-fire tournament. Uh, We've got Scotland and Namibia, they're two should-wins, I mean really comfortably should-wins. Do we keep playing our players? Uh, I would imagine the batsman you do. Do you muck around with the bowlers? Or you just keep this unit ticking over? Bearing in mind Afghanistan lie there as a possible, just a possible roadblock.
0: They do. Um, that's a real banana skin match, that Afghanistan match. Well, the key for the next two matches, Smithy against Scotland, Libya, uh, like you mentioned, is net run rate because um, net run rate could well come in at the end of this tournament if New Zealand do drop a match. So they've got to get it up against those two minnows. They have to beat them and beat them well so that um, if they do drop another match, they could still go through on net run rate. So that the focus will be on winning, obviously, but they actually have to win well and make sure that that net run rate stays high.
1: OK, just finally, uh, who for you? Um, us, clearly. Pakistan, England, uh, anyone else a, a, a danger in the tournament for you or is it down to three?
0: I think there are the three top sides. I think... Australia will still make their way through to um, the semi-finals. I they got touched up by England the other day. But I'm always wary of Australia, especially when we play them. So if they do get through, hopefully they're on the other side of the draw. But um, to me there's, there's a standout with Pakistan and England so far with what we've seen. They've certainly put the performances on the board. They have two very good T20 sides. Um, so it's, it's set up for these last few matches for the sides to make sure they get through. But
1: New Zealand now put themselves in the hot seat, which is great to see. Macca, always great uh, to get your thoughts on uh, a great uh, Black Caps performance, and I think it was in that bracket. So, hey, thanks for joining us, mate, and, uh, and let's enjoy the rest of the tournament. We've got a chance. Look forward to it. Yep, we do. Thanks, Cheers, mate. Matt. Cheers.